I am the electric policeman. I've come here from Battery City to corrupt your data and put you in number jail. You have a right to download hacks. Any body modifications you make can and will be used against your robot family. (laughs) (laughs) This is a truly dystopian opening to this podcast. Is that like... Was that a car? <laughs> no, that was my uh, kidneys. <laughs> I've had them replaced with uh... Ferraris. to the electronic wireless show episode 120 the cyberpunk special <laughs> this is real paper <laughs> <laughs> this is i've i'm not in control of these so <laughs> this could happen at any point uh Raw Paper Shotguns, PC Game Podcast, uh, the only gaming podcast or podcast at all that you need. In my opinion, my name is Alice Bell. I'm the deputy editor of rockpapershotgun.com and I'm joined this week by some Chrome guy. Hello. Uh, and the electricity cop, as you've just heard. I'm back, baby. <laughs> He's back. He's back with a bang. Uh, I mean... How are you both? I mean, we'll get an update from Nate, but first of all, the listeners have been clamoring for the final episode of Conegate. I don't mm. know if you kept up with Conegate, Nate, while you were away. Well, I was feeding my fish ham. Yeah, I certainly did. <laughs> I want to know what's going on. So, Matthew, uh, what happened with Conegate in the end? Well, I, I, as you remember, I borrowed some pallets to reserve a parking spot for a lorry, which is really at the heart of Conegate. And uh, I, I did that. The lorry came, put the scaffolding up, and I thought, well, this is an unexceptional end to the Conegate saga. Um, and they put the scaffolding up, and they did the roofing work, and that was all fine. Uh, but then, of course, what I forgot was that the scaffolding was guys were going to come back and take the scaffolding down. So I'd have to reserve the spot a second time. So I had the whole kind of pressure of reserving the parking spot. Um, mm. I kept hold of the pallets, even though I kept seeing people uh, walking past the house and tutting at my pile of pallets because they <laughs> oh, were no, quite... No one likes a tut. It is Bring quite... Bring well, you know, the tone of the like, neighbourhood. Because oh, well, I, I did leave them on the pavement for a bit. Like, they were blocking the pavement for a while. So people were getting quite kind of... I could see people getting quite sniffy and maybe my neighbours getting a bit nervous and... And so yesterday, I saw a space, I put out the pallets, as I did the first time, mm. went to bed, looked out the window at one in the morning, just to make sure there were the pallets, there was my space reserved. When I woke up this morning, 7am, someone had moved my pallets and <gasps> parked 
in the spot. What a oh twist. Oh, my God. That is a twist. I did not see that coming. Yeah. I and then the scaffolding, guys, the scaffolding guys turned up. And the first time, he was really impressed with how I reserved a spot for him. This time, he kind of looked over, because what they'd done is they'd moved the pallets along and parked next to it. So you basically got to imagine there's a car, a tiny gap with some pallets, and another car. And the scaffolding guy looked at me as if I thought, those pallets were going to be enough space for him, which is literally a meter. And he was looking at them and he was looking at me and I said, yeah, someone moved them. You know, I didn't, I don't think that was good enough. Yeah, that is, I know how big a lorry is. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he, he ended up having to park around the corner and my second interaction with the scaffolding was, was far less pleasant than the first. That's basically the end of Conegate. Um, it was emotional. I felt I learned a lot about myself. I think I learned yeah. more about myself from Conegate than I did from Cyberpunk 2077. So, oh. you know, there we go. What, oh, wow. What a way to kick us into the, the topic. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to ask Electricity Cop if he wanted to update us on any of his fish or anything first, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, well, I mean, Electricity Cop only keeps... He's got a couple of data panthers... And um, okay, <laughs> surely a and, fish tank and, is is quite deadly for a electricity cop. Oh yeah, he I'm despises true. the things. Mm. No, it's been been really good in the fish world. Actually, I've had some unexpected breeding successes, um, which makes it sound like I've successfully hybridized myself with a cyclid. Um, <laughs> you're thankful, no, that's not the case. Uh, I've got um, some lovely. Striped panchaks uh, from Malabar who are breeding happily. Got them in a lovely setup. They're like little golden rockets. Um, mm. Yeah, they're, they're my pride at the moment. Setting up lots of new tanks. Um, yeah, spent while I was off, I just spent loads of time uh, in my watery world, uh, becoming one with bits of pondweed. It's great. That sounds lovely. Well, t- do your little segue about learning more about yourself from the pallets again, and then I'll do a sting, Matthew. Oh, I, um, it sounds like, you know, you really got in touch with yourself with those fish. I learned a lot about <laughs> myself uh, from my pallet escapades, probably more than I did in Cyberbike 2077. <laughs> Oh, that was oh. awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm what sorry I bugged up your first one with the giant honking noise. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is the cyberpunk special. Um, but, I mean, so really, we, we were going to talk about, we could talk about other cyberpunk games if we have time. But, um, it is a reason to talk about the big cyberpunk game. Um, and we have sort of played descending amounts of it. So Matthew has played like 70 hours, I think he said. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have played about an hour. <laughs> uh, and Nate? And Nate. I've heard has of played it. none. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I should say that we will, I can't be bothered to 
dance around things, so it's just going to be spoilery. I I don't, you know, I'm sorry. No, I won't, I won't. You you can only spoil the first hour, though, so... Yeah, I, but I, the I thing is, like, my threshold for what is and is not a spoiler is really different, I've found out, to other people's. So if I say, for example, oh, yeah, um, I play, like, my my life path that I've picked for my main playthrough is Corpo, and you work for this guy named, I don't know, Jeff, it's Jefferson, isn't it? And people go, Jefferson, oh, spoiler! Um, Corpo, I, like the guy from Last of the Summer Wine. Yeah, no, yes. <laughs> those, those, oh my well, God. No, the three, life, the, the three life paths in Cyberpunk are based on the three leads from The, the Last of the Summer say, Wine. Are you a compo? Be... Are you a foggy? <laughs> I really want to play Last of the Cyber Wine. <laughs> Last of the Cyberwine would be <laughs> such a compelling premise for it. I want that game. I think I've now got a reason to play Cyberpunk. Do you remember when I did that horrific Last of the Summer Wine bit in Red Dead Redemption 2? Oh, no. <laughs> My mate composed this sort of like, um, oh, bless him, the composer who died recently. Uh, Morricone, he he did a sort of Morricone pastiche cover of the Last of the Summer Wine theme, and me and three friends dressed up in like shirts and braces and flat caps and walked into the big town while playing that, and then just started a massive fist fight while this sad sort of Western dirge version of the Last of the Summer Wine theme played. It was really moving. <laughs> Powerful stuff. I. I mean, ironically, I would say that probably Compo is not best representative of the Corpo uh, life path. Um, you know, mm. so uh, I, I. But anyway, I'm I'm gonna spoil the first hour of the the Corpo life path, I guess. But um, what we were gonna do is sort of do some twenty questions with Matthew and ask him. Ask him things about cyberpunk uh, to try and get a picture of it. And I have one to start, which I'm actually very interested to know, which mm. is, you know, in the preview video where there was that bit where you drowned someone in a sink and then shot them while they were underwater. Yeah. And you said you'd be interested to see if that actually happened much in the game or at all, or if you ha if loads of enemies were standing by carefully placed bits of water so that animation happened loads did did you do that in the game uh no <laughs> i did i did you put a lot of people did i drown anyone uh I, maybe i did drown one person um i killed loads of people you put you can put a lot of people in freezers um like <laughs> every building there's, there's there's a weird part of its stealth is like hiding the bodies because if you don't hide the body, it feels like they automatically get sighted, even if they're not in anyone's sightline, I feel. Like, I feel like there's a timer maybe on bodies or something. And maybe that's wrong. I don't, that, was, that was the sense I got, because I killed some people and then in like tiny little bathrooms that no one went into. And then it was like, body found. And I was like, come on, that's not right. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can hide a lot of bodies in freezers. So you do that a lot, sort of shumping people in there. Um, Lovely. Uh, they still have freezers in the future, it turns out. That's something. 
That's something they still and need. And weirdly, they're not very futuristic. The freezer design hasn't come on much from <laughs> those, you know, those big ones with the hinge top that you have to really lean into to get the fish fingers at the bottom. Like a freezer chest. Yeah, they're like those. Oh, I've got yeah. one of them. I love yeah, it. Yeah, well, I think my grandma had one of those, so it's quite mad that they're still using them in 2077. But Maybe it's like how like some animals are so perfectly evolved that their design hasn't changed since like the dinosaur era. Yeah, maybe there Fridge. just isn't a better freezer. Yeah. That's they're the high point of uh, appliance evolution. <laughs> but I will say there is a... There's quite a gulf between like very bespoke animations that happen in like some of the story missions and stuff that generally happens everywhere else in the game. Like, mm. There are a lot of scenes where there's like ludicrous amounts of detail and all these bespoke custom animations you're doing with, you know, like drowning someone in a thing or, you know, whatever. And then there's a lot of, you know, there's only one neck snap animation for a stealth kill and then you just dump mm. the bodies in the freezer again and again. So. Yeah, I feel like they showed off the most cinematic stuff. Well, I suppose you do, don't you? Yeah. But it isn't all to that level. If you were thinking, if you watched some of those early demos and thought, wow, how can they possibly build a huge sandbox city with this level of detail? It's like they haven't. They haven't. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like for every amazing detailed interior, there's, you know, you're walking down the street and there's just a bench with like five dildos on it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I really that happens a lot. There, are, I, 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 there are so many dildos in the city. Like it's <laughs> it's one of the common bits of junk, and you're like, I get it. Like everyone's kind of quite sort of free and easy and quite brazen with this stuff. But also, why would there be so many dildos on a bench? <laughs> you know, like yeah, that who is would odd. That is like a, that is quite a, a, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Nate, your question, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, following on from that last one, what do you think is the crocodile of kitchen appliances? Oh, interesting. I'm probably like the sandwich maker because of its jaw-like, you know, the sandwich grill. Oh, that's fantastic. I wonder if the um, robot crocodiles in Horizon Zero Dawn would function as uh, sandwich presses because they were sort of fire-based. But you can make great friends with one and just make endless cheese toasties. Oh, that'd be great. I'm sensing that these 20 questions are going to, like, 10 of them will be (laughs) about cyberpunk. All right, here's a real one about cyberpunk. And then 10 of them. Are there any animals in it? (laughs) Well, uh, so it is, no, there aren't. There aren't animals in the future, apparently. Oh, okay. Or, and it's well, like, quite, or rather, there's a scene where someone does spot an animal and it becomes quite a big thing and they talk about it for ages. And though when I was out in the desert, I did hear like snakes hissing, even though I never saw a snake. So I kept thinking like, do they just mean, because so someone says, oh, there are no cats and dogs anymore. You know, very rare that you see an animal. I think you see an iguana in one mission, actually. Um, but I don't know if it's meant to be a bit like, you know, Blade Runner animals are super, you know, in the book anyway, animals are super rare. And that isn't it like, isn't it what everyone aspires to is to have a pet? Yeah. Or is, it's like the highest sort of, sort of the, only the elite can afford them. There's sort of yeah, similar yeah. appeal here. I can hear flies it's, in places. Maybe the hitting was um, like um, a computer. Uh, it's very like, it sounds like generic desert sound mix number one you know it's 
like wind and a rattle of a, you know, that's it sounds. Um, well, the novel "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep" is called that because Deckard has an electric sheep. <laughs> like he he has like a robot animal to make it look like he can afford a real animal, and then like I, th- I think it's a goat. Like he eventually buys like a goat, a real one. And then it's slaughtered, <laughs> and he's really sad. Uh, there are giant uh, holographic fish in quite a few places in the city. It's, oh, okay. it's, it's going to be koi, right? Yeah, there's a big, there's a big, there's a big holographic koi parade at one point that you might like. <laughs> I don't oh, know how you feel no. about koi, Nate. Yeah, <laughs> they're boring. I mean, they're, just, they're overhyped. I mean. There's there's loads of other uh, like Asian prestige fish that are really interesting, like freshwater stingrays, knife fish, arowana, but no, it's always koi. It's always koi. A koi like the charismatic megafauna of fish. Oh, you're speaking my language. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, what's the other question to ask about uh, Sapper? Oh, um, the... Can you solve cybercrime in it? Because there are the the um the the crime scenes and crime scene tape around that we saw. There, you don't do any crimes that solving there. There is a side mission involving a detective, and you sort of do some um you hunt a sort of serial killer, um which is which is quite good fun. But I hoped for a bit more detective stuff in it, to be honest. Because there are a lot of, um, yeah, there are a lot of crime scenes and you think, oh, great. You know, I'll just wander over there and you cross the tape and everyone goes mental. So um, uh, you do more, I think you make more crime scenes than you do solve them. You (laughs) go around just murdering bunches of people. Um, But you've got like an open relationship with the police where they're like, you know, as long as you murder scum, we like you. Okay. You can upset the police and then you get like a GTA wanted rating and they like chase after you and send little robots after you and stuff. Uh, Nate, do you have a a sober question? Uh, What's happening in space? Well, it's interesting. Um, Space is mentioned a lot. There's apparently a, uh, they keep talking about this thing. I think it's called the Crystal Palace, which is a... um, Sort of pleasure. Nice park in South London. <laughs> well, here it's it's a sort of a, I don't know if it's like an elite holiday destination or something like it's maybe a giant space casino. Um, I I have I haven't gone to it. I will say, and I've done a lot of the game. I wouldn't be surprised if the DLC took us to the space station because it feels like they talk about it loads for for you not to go there at some point. Oh, yeah, because that's one of the, the places that the cyberpunk genre interests mm. me is what attitude it takes towards like space exploration. Because in some, I, th- I think cyberpunk's really like inward looking. It's all about the sort of the, you know, the super consolidation of the position we're in at the beginning of the 21st situation. Uh, 21st situation, 21st century. Um, and it quite often incorporates a sort of a, a, you know, real diminishment or a giving up on space exploration. It's interesting because you didn't used to see that in 
well, you know, look at Blade Runner, it's a you know, better future in the colonies and stuff. But there's been a growing trend towards cyberpunk being about sort of an isolated Earth. So it's interesting to see where it it hangs its uh, cyber hat on the space yeah, issue. Yeah, it's, I mean, generally this particular like vision of it is everything is very like surface level and sort of superficial by design. And so the idea that what is in space appears just to be a, like a jolly, you know, basically where you go for your stag do, um, kind of fits with that world. Like there's not mm. a lot of talk of like traveling to the stars or anything. In fact, there's no talk of like, off-planet stuff at all now i think of it hmm okay um i so you mentioned gta um i what is that the game you would compare it to because i think everyone's going to be sort of comparing it to the witcher Witcher which is fair enough because that's cd project's game but it struck me as being a lot more like uh, just in the first hour it feels a lot more like Deus Ex to me, but both yeah. because of the the sort of tone of the world and the lighting and the what have you. But it's I I think it it, it, it there's a bit of both. I think the actual the, the kind of story missions and the kind of the, the main thrust of what you're doing is a lot more like GTA than an RPG. Like it's it it leans big into like cinematic set pieces. And also the fact that you're in a city, just the nature of like moving around that place feels like GTA, like, you know, that you're driving, that you're having to, you know, follow quite fixed roads and you're often driving the same stretch of freeway around the city to get to places. A lot of the missions are just about hanging out with people, which they were in The Witcher as well, but it feels, it's the fact that, I don't know, like driving like for five minutes to someone's house to then have a little narrative, you know, shenanigans feels more like GTA or Red Dead. You know, you're often in a car with someone who's then spouting exposition the whole time you're doing the trip. Um, yeah. And then around that, there are lots of site, like they call them gigs, which feel like Deus Ex levels. You know, it'll be like a warehouse where there's lots of points of entry and da-da-da. But there's, there's less of that in the main campaign. It's almost like, you know, there are so many... V's, who's the main character that you can potentially build, that the main campaign can't really go too deep into any any possible character. It's kind of quite surface level mechanically. You know, there's a little bit of stealth, a lot of shooting, you know, a little bit of driving, but you know, they 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 can't kind of create anything which hinges too much on you have created something, you know, very sort of specific. Um, and that in that way, it feels like GTA. It really. I actually think it would have been better if they had just made like a GTA sandbox game rather than I think the RPG stuff is a bit weak in it in terms of how it interweaves with the the main story and also like the balance of like the economy of the world is like totally off like you'll finish it and you'll have barely scratched the surface of of what a character can be but now there's nothing to do with that character um which I think is kind of a problem <laughs> <laughs> So don't rush the main... Don't rush the main gate, no. Do all the side stuff and, and, you know, just really take your time with it. Because the main story, like, honestly, I got to the end of it so quick. I was genuinely surprised when it popped up with the point of no return. Like, you maybe hit it, like, after 20 hours, and you'll be like, Mm -hmm. what? That's the end? I thought, oh, that can't be right. I thought it was a fake out, and it isn't. It is, that is the end of the game. So, you know, take your time. I don't know if it's because, like, 
so much of it hinges on Keanu Reeves. And obviously it's probably very expensive working with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> so I don't know if you can create like 200 hours of Keanu Reeves, but um, like I, I, I can comfortably say like in my main playthrough, I've finished everything. I mean, all the, you know, traditional missions um, and side activities. I've done every last one of them uh, in 70 hours, um, which wasn't true of like, many other RPGs. It feels a lot more um, kind of compact, I'd say. Okay. Interesting. Yes. Uh, Nate, back to you. Is it better than The Witcher 3? It isn't, I don't think. I just, I I, I think think The Witcher does all that story stuff too, um, but I feel like they're the RPG-ness of that of building that character, the need to kind of develop Geralt as a kind of mechanical sort of warrior is is much more important to that, and it just feels a lot more coherent because of it. Um, also, like I don't know, I just think Geralt's job as a Witcher just makes his role in that world a lot clearer. Here, it's kind of a you know you work you do all kinds of stuff, and a lot of it doesn't really add up and or fold into it. You know, you you're a mercenary, which I guess is not dissimilar to a Witcher, but I kind of I don't know. I had more fun role playing as Geralt, like trying to make the decisions I thought he would make and and kind of, you know, just be a good witcher. Where here it's I don't know, a bit hazier. But yeah, it's it's like it's not a disaster. It's just and I really love the wit I mean it's one of my like all time favourites mm. for for context. <laughs> uh that's interesting, because I struggled with the Witcher because Geralt is uh, quite a defined person, and I didn't. Mm. I could. I, I struggled to role play as him. Um, so I prefer yeah. games where I make my own. I guess it was just. I just found it refreshing because so many games are just you're a blank slate, and it feels like you're just a jumble of sort of stat power dialogue options. Where in, <laughs> you know, in you don't feel like you know Geralt feels like a quite a sort of fixed thing. Maybe it's just Geralt playing the witcher has just changed what i like about rpgs now and and actually if i played this before the witcher i would feel differently about it but yeah um yeah yeah uh what about cars and vehicles and stuff are they good are they a big part of the game can you avoid them did you use Uh, them a lot or did you go around on foot quite a bit uh i did a fair amount on foot i did a little bit of fast travel i won't lie um Fast travel is quite generous, um, which which is nice. Um, you can unlock loads of cars. You can buy it like there's millions and millions of credits worth of cars to buy, but there aren't millions and millions worth of credits in the side missions. So, like, I think the end game, for example, is just grinding up a garage of cars from little from like little bandit camps and things, which isn't great. Um, I quite like the cars. Some people say the handling stuff. I think it, it's like GTA again. It's just kind of arcadey, simplified. I like some of the designs. I bought this absolute um, joke of a car. It's called a. It's called a Maymay. It's really small. Um, yeah. it's, it looks like it's basically got like one seat in it. Um, oh, that's the yeah. It was in videos and that the little yeah, tiny. It one. Looks, yeah, it looks. It really reminds me of like. It kind of looks a bit like a mini disc player. <laughs> It's got that kind of <laughs> aesthetic to it, very hard, angular edges, kind of a metallic finish. Um, it looks like it would have been futuristic like 50 years ago, and now it just looks terrible. 
Um, but I found that quite endearing. Um, yeah, I quite I quite like the you know tootling around in the cars. Um, the shiny bonnets are very good for some ray tracing action if you've got uh, a, if you've got a beast of a PC. Interesting, uh, Nate. Yeah, so having played uh, Watch Dogs Legion recently, um, which I think you played as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, which world would you rather live in? Ooh. Uh, well, I hate London, and I because I live there. <laughs> I didn't like living there because it was it's just too rowdy, isn't it? Um, oh, is yeah. Night City not rowdy? <laughs> Not really. Like, oh come on, it looks extremely rowdy. Well, in in the marketing, it is, but actually, in reality, it's just loads of NPCs like just walking up and down streets. It's not a lot. They're not really doing a lot of interesting stuff. Like, no one's ever like, "Hey, look at all those dildos on that bench." You know, know, people don't like really react to what should be quite. There are some crazy things, and there's some crazy technology, and there's some like sinister stuff, um, but it doesn't really bleed out of out of the um, like missions themselves. Like the people are quite sedate; they all look crazy because they're all um, not crazy, but like um, you know, they're all randomly generated, I guess, from the you know from the kind of the, the parts that you can make characters. So you know, you'll see a huge guy in like tiny gold pants, and he's got like a like a weird tube of green hair coming out of his head and you know and then you'll see someone who's kind of basically looks like data from next generation or whatever yeah it's kind of as a fashion parade it's interesting but they don't really do anything it's not like in watchdogs where there's lots of like people with placard you know there's lots of sort of i don't know local color i'd say um <laughs> and, uh, yeah i don't know i wouldn't mind living in night city if i was rich Basically, well, actually, probably goes the same for London. Like, yeah, I like London now. <laughs> yeah, I really like the penthouses and like the, the the when you break into like nice homes in the game, you're always like, oh yeah, this is all right. Like, why do you want to mm. burn this down? This rocks. Um, <laughs> and then you've got Johnny Silverhand popping up, being all like, oh god, you know these you know these temples to excess we've got to burn them all to the ground and you're like no way like this sofa's great it's really comfortable (laughs) you know but that isn't a dialogue choice it should be though yeah i I don't know i was hoping because that's why i picked the corpo star i was like this is brilliant maybe i'll get like really cool dialogue options and what have you um, but, and I didn't realize it makes sense in hindsight. I don't know why I thought, because I thought like if I pick the corpo star, I'll be able to lord it over everyone. It'd be great. But there is like a start from the bottom. Like you basically get like uh, your your life like reset. And I know that because I V said out loud that my life was reset several times in the scene where it happened. Um, yeah. It's, so I, I actually think the, the corpo life life path is like narratively probably the most interesting just because you you have um Keanu Reeves like in your head after a point in the game and he you know he hates the company you worked for and so there's some you know you can kind of wind him up in in ways that you probably can't as the other life paths um because you came from that background um while there are others which 
the other pars are, are a bit more kind of coming from the same place as him. So, you know, you, you also, the story is about corp, a corporation is at the heart of it. So it feels like the corpo, you know, you just get a bit more insight into things. I would say that's the one to start with, personally. Hmm. Yes. Um, also, we should probably ask, how did it perform for you? Because I've, mine's had a couple of bugs already. Uh, I went into a club and there was no music playing. Uh, and uh, everyone was dancing. Yeah, like, in the silence. So the funniest thing was, I spent ages in the character creator. I made my guy. And it starts off with him looking, or her, looking in a mirror. Um, and that was fine. But then the next time, every time I looked in the mirror after that, it was always a complete like crapshoot as to which bits of my costume slash body were actually going to load. Like I was bald just for the rest of the game whenever I looked in a mirror. That, that <laughs> was just certain. But another time my trousers disappeared. Another time my trousers and my junk disappeared. So that was, that was pretty wild. Um, I have a question. Like, yeah. Yeah. What willy did you choose? Uh, just the normal one. <laughs> it's a normal willy. A real normal willy. <laughs> What's a normal willy, Matthew? Well, it was, just, it was like the default. It was there, but it's their default willy, I guess. <laughs> there, are, there are three sizes for boobs, which is small, default, and big. <laughs> Oh, that's depressing. But that yeah. is that's but that's how they do bra sizes, right? Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, Matthew, that's how they do bra sizes. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Have a default, please. Um, and the cowards, <laughs> like you can't choose the size of your vagina, so that you can't have a small default or big vagina. It's just on or off. <laughs> just on or off for a vag. Yeah. The game. I tell you what. As for, the customization for all that kind of like, oh, you know, it's got all these genital sliders or whatever. Um, the game's weirdly... Pr- like, I don't think you'll ever see a willy in the rest of the game anywhere. You know, even I if bet you... you see loads of boobs, though, don't you? Yeah, 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 you do, yeah. But, like, I literally, like, whenever there's a sex scene afterwards, the, you know, the female character will be completely naked and you've magically got boxes on. Um, even in, like... Uh, the gay romance storylines, it it kind of shies away from it. It's just two two men in their boxes having fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're the pretty way. wild. The willies don't the, even the, come out. Huh? The willies don't even come out then. No, no. The one time I saw one, <laughs> this is so pure. The one time I saw one was a bug because it kept popping through the front of my trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you I'd look down and be like, oh, back. my God. Um, <laughs> Were you not wearing holographic trousers? <laughs> no, no, just j- j- it somehow punched through a pair of jeans, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> Does, doesn't sound like a normal willy to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's this so... Is <laughs> that's exactly what I'd expect, though. It's not... It's Because I... You did mention actually, it doesn't. It's not really that spicy. Like, it, no, is no. it quite a centrist ad game in the end? It, yeah, it, it is because you know, like the, the 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 kind of overwhelming message of the whole thing is kind of underneath all this brash, aggressive tech. You know, we're basically all just longing to be, you know, for a nice human connection, and 
a lot of the story, a lot of people get kind of absolved of of, of quite unpleasant stuff or redeemed or, or they become a better person, you know. And I actually I quite like that. Like, it's quite sweet in the way that The Witcher is, you know, The Witcher is all kind of, you know, this war-torn land, everything's bleak, everything's gone to shit, you know, we're going to have a really rough time here. Um, but then you discover there's lots of really nice people and all Geraint's mates are really nice, you know, they're fun to hang out with. And it's the same here. Like, it, it sort of, you think it's going to be this very dark kind of, well, it is this dark conspiracy thriller, you know, for the, for the most part. But then the side missions are basically learning about lots of nice people. There's really good stuff about getting in touch with all Johnny Silverhand's old bandmates, which I think is about as good as the game gets and is mm. as good as some of the strong stuff in The Witcher. Like, some of it's really well written and performed. Um, on a little side note, I think it's it's kind of a shame there's so much emphasis on Keanu Reeves because he's like easily the worst voice actor in the game. Um, <laughs> like, ev- well, he's, well, he's Keanu Reeves. He's not a very good actor, isn't he? He's very well, kind of... Thing, like, Keanu Reeves is known for being kind of stoic at this point in his career. But that's which is the... kind of, that, that's not a good method for voice acting because that, yeah. if, if that's kind of all you... But that's it. It's, it's really one note. And actually, like a lot of the people in it are as they were in The Witcher, there's some really nice, nuanced stuff. And when you look at the credits, they're not the, the usual name. You know, they're people you've never heard of. I was looking up some of these voice actors, and a lot of them, it's like the only big thing they've done. And it, I think I think CD Projekt Reg's casting is really, really good. Like, I think they, mm. you know, a lot of, a lot is, they carry a lot of the, the weight of it. And um, particularly the, yeah, the kind of old, there's a lot of characters who kind of were mates with Johnny Silverhand when he's alive. And this, this, it's just nice meat. So you spend a lot of time with these, like, I don't know, I guess they're in their 60s, 70s um, now in the game. And that's quite fun. Like, it's about the relationship between kind of 2020 and 2077, which I, I think is, is one of the more surprising things about it. Um, and uh, definitely what appealed to me as, as centrist dad. Yeah. Um- I should say as well though, like there are obviously like some issues were raised before it came out to do with uh, the representation of treatment of trans people and characters in the game, and we're probably three very unqualified people to discuss that because we're all cis. But uh, the review on Trusted Reviews is by a, a trans reviewer it does talk about that uh, a bit more. Um, it, it's uh, I think it, it says that like actually the character creator is really really affirming. But then the the rest of the game kind of isn't. Um, but yeah, I, it, it just sounds like it doesn't really take very many risks in terms of like discussing the interesting things about you know cyberpunk and and stuff. No, really. not really. Like, there's a lot of stuff you think, oh, this could be spy. There's this thing called brain dances, which is a bit like the film Strange Days. You can kind of like live someone else's memories, and. You know, but it, you know, it doesn't really go any further than like, ooh, what if someone made a snuff film with one? And you're like, yeah, I mean, I can kind of. It's like the first thing you'd reach for, isn't it? If you're trying to be kind of dark and edgy, and it, you know, you could actually, you've got this tech that can literally put you in anyone else's head, and it doesn't really do anything with it. That was that was a bit of a disappointment, actually, because I love me a good sort of detective mode thing. You can kind of scan these memories, but there's only a handful of, them, and none of them really really did much with it um it was a shame but anything else you want to ask electricity cop yeah have either of you been watching the mandalorian uh, uh i've seen a bit of the first season 
it's gone really good. I mean, it, I always thought it was good, but this second series has really impressed me. It's just brings so much joy to my life. It's got a Timothy Oliphant in it, isn't it? He's, is it? He is astonishingly attractive. He, uh, he I, is, in fact. I mean, I'm a huge Deadwood fan, but I always thought he was quite sort of sweaty and intense as a younger man, whereas now he just looks like he smells magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> He's got this shock of salt and pepper hair and, and just skin. That, oh, my God. He's... Um, He's extremely erotic. Very, very good. <laughs> and he's sort of playing a cowboy in it as well because it's like a Western. So it's, 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 it's kind of a Deadwood reprieve, little treat. Well, yeah. yeah, maybe I'll save that for the Christmas holidays. Really do. And, you know, I mean, they use computers. It's cyberpunk. Yeah. I do feel it is odd, like, when you have something like this that takes years and years to come out and there's always hype and excitement. And then you're sort of done with it. You are a little bit like, hmm, well, what's that then? (laughs) The thing is, I don't think it was ever going to be as good as people had built it up to be in their minds. And it was, I I found it weird how like the, the kind of uh, atmosphere around cyberpunk 2077 is itself possibly more cyberpunk than the game itself, because it's all these people like, like kind of really like, Selling their soul isn't the right word at all, but like, uh, like just really buying in to a corporation that is very nakedly trying to make as much money as possible from them, but like they're really getting on board with it, like it is some kind of yeah. I do, I do think. Emotional well, I guess thing. you could say uh, I was really buying into Timothy Oliphant just now. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, but Timothy Oliphant's a human man, you know, uh, and it, it, there's all this uh, uh, the context of cyberpunk being made in this in possibly really bad conditions, like with the crunch and stuff as well. I mean, there are a lot of people who are saying they're going to boycott it, which I think is a, a very valid choice. Um, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't think I can really. Sorry, that is legit. The more I think about it, a really good take. Honestly, that the reaction to it is more cyberpunk than the game. That's proper yeah. solid. I can, I can understand where some of the fervor comes from because, you know, that there are certain practices that they don't engage in that are quite consumer unfriendly. You know, I like the fact that there is one version of cyberpunk. You know, there are not multiple special editions and premium editions with bonus missions. I like the fact that there will be a suite of free DLC and then some expansion packs, you know, based on The Witcher, when they did do the paid DLC, it was amazing. Like, it was genuinely, like, you know, as good as the main game, if not better in places. Um, and, and that's stuff that doesn't happen a lot. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of good practices in the game, but yeah, I don't think that means you can dismiss the kind of how that stuff comes to be, um, mm. you know. And, and it's easy to present yourself as friend to the gamer, but you're like, yeah, but... Are you a are you a friend to yourself and your 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 um, poor workforce? Um, mm. And there Do is you... like there's so much craft in it. There is you know it, it is it is an achievement for sure. You know there is you know when you play one of these games, whatever you you know pros or cons there are with the gameplay and how you actually feel about that. You know you do look at it and just go, wow. You know yeah. someone someone really hand placed those dildos on that bench. And that is 
you know <laughs> that is something you know yeah i just think it's a, a lot of the reviews uh i think most of the reviews haven't mentioned the crunch which is, and i don't it's difficult to because how do you meaningfully talk about that in well, a review yeah, you can't really... go like this rocks but like man i wish it didn't like break people for it to rock because i feel terrible now for, for having a great time yeah. um so a lot of people just switch off that bit of their brain so they can enjoy it i do it all the time i'm terrible for it um yeah i suppose it's one of those we live in a society things where you know like i enjoy kfc and my mobile phone kind of thing but i do understand the concerns people have about it I, just I, think, I wasn't going to get massively into this aspect of it because yeah. I think it's a complicated issue that I don't know enough about I just to think, properly discuss. If you just rejected all that was flawed in the world, all you'd be able to do in your spare time is walk, and walking is so boring. So <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's the dilemma, isn't it? I think people make different decisions to reject different things based on their own personal thresholds for things i suppose and that's okay. all you can do in this world is his is one to sweep all that into a wolf um all right do we think people will still be talking about this game in five years to the extent with which people talk about the witcher 3 five years on from its release in 2015 i don't think so just because there are other things like this that will happen, you know, there will be other, you know, the, the next G, you know, GTA 6 will come along and that will be the new city game that we're all talking about, I think. But where The Witcher has just more, it just has a more dis, like character of its own. I'm more excited, you know, I'm still more excited about them making another Witcher game than I ever was about this. And, and it is good, but like it's, uh, you know, I had fun with it and it's a thing I think people should experience. But no, I, I, I don't think it's a landmark game. Well, um, I don't think we've got time to talk about other cyberpunk games, but sorry, I felt like I dominated to... that a bit. Apologies for no, no, because you were the one who's played it. So, uh, but Alice, I will link to Alice O's list of other cyberpunk games uh, that she yeah. made for when this one was delayed, because uh, there are lots of cool ones out there. Most of them are indie games, which feel kind of more cyberpunk in a, in spirit, you know. Yeah. Um, but we do have. A cavern of lies this week, prepared by the electricity cops. So, gentlemen, could Ooh. you do me a sting, please? Welcome to the cavern of cyber lies. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? That sounded like a man taking a very dribbly p*** to start off with. I wondered where it was going. Welcome that was majestic. Welcome to the cavern of cyber lies. I am the electricity cop. And <laughs> okay. I'm here to remind you that there's more than one cyberpunk game. Uh, there's loads, in fact, because I went on Steam uh, and did a search for every game with Cyberpunk in its description and then sorted them by user rating. Uh, is the voice distracting? 
What do I keep that up? <laughs> it's the sound of a robot laughing. It's great. <laughs> I think the thing the most distracting thing about it is not that it's a, a robot, but it's a robot that seems to be a little bit auto-tuned as well. So it's quite <laughs> musical. Yeah. I added just a little bit of angelic hum that I can sing to it. It's like a funeral for Daft Punk. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> that that is more cheerful than a lot of what you get on the radio stations in Cyberpunk. <laughs> and now, as we lower the mechanical helms into the grave, let us remember having us like contact and around the world. <laughs> anyway, are you ready? To pick the falsehood from the truths. Yes. So is this so, the, these, so some of some of the like four of these exist and one doesn't? Is that it? That's right. Four of these are real cyberpunk games, and one of them is a complete fabrication. Okay. The first game, Bloodnet, and this Blood- is the description from Steam. I met her in her penthouse, expecting payment for the freelance job, and perhaps a little more. But I got more than I bargained for. I am now part of an exclusive fraternity that moves in the night through a world of high technology and senseless violence. I need to find a cure for this curse, even if it means hacking through every ice in cyberspace, every rage ganger in Manhattan, every corrupt exec in the megacorporate hierarchy of faceless fools. My name is Ransom Stark. I'm a vampire. So that was uh, Bloodnet, the only cyberpunk vampire game. That sounds real to me. I mean, but, it's such uh, a thorough description. If it's not real, it's absolutely killer right up. But it's and it's also like very unimaginative as well, isn't it? Like, I th- uh, yeah, Wait, okay. What's the next? okay what's the second one cyber utopia immerse yourself in the world of cyber utopia cyber utopia is a first person shooter made in a pastiche old school style in the setting of cyberpunk action unfolds in the distant future where technology is developed to such an extent that people have begun to turn into cyborgs Featuring old-school graphics, many different weapons, hardcore gameplay, and nice pixel graphics. The main character is Naomi. She does not remember anything from her past and does not understand how she is here. She will have to break through all the tests and find out what is really going on. What's that one called again? Cyber Utopia. The list of all the features and stuff sounded quite real as well. And I also liked nice pixel graphics. <laughs> nice pixel graphics. Doesn't sound like a description. Doesn't sound like a description Nate, oh sorry, the electricity cop would pick for himself. Mm. Okay. Three, number three. Well, being an electricity cop, this one's a favourite of mine. It's called MPPD Rush, the milk of ultraviolet. <laughs> 
some who were developed uh, by a micro-indie team. NPPD Rush, the milk of Ultraviolet, is an intense vehicular open-world arena shooter combined with light RPG elements and an 80s British bedroom programming feel. Mm. Uh, is it called the milk? Speed your police superbike right into the white-hot heart of the skirmish to save the soul of the city. <laughs> What's it, it called again? Uh, it's called NPPD Rush, the milk of ultraviolets. The milk of ultraviolets? Violent. Yeah, totality. There is, um... There is a poem on the same page. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Yeah. So nauseous pines, the noxious abyss, I feed from the milk of ultraviolet. Yet I'm lost with you, my floating twin. You're the anchor to the drain, but I am the key to nothing. This is, this is I, like the wildest thing that's, that's happened to me in a long time, listening to this uh, voice. <laughs> I was suspicious of that one until the poem, because it's it's quite difficult to come up with really awful poetry. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know how they say, like, only a a really good juggler can be a bad juggler. (laughs) 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 Next. It's Neon Apotheosis. Get ready for a mind-blowing journey into a high-tech dystopian world as you enter Paradigm City, where cyborgs rule the streets and technology is indistinguishable from magic. Playing as supercop Kane Strife, that's Kane spelled with a Y, you're out of the order of the Ascended, the transhuman cult that's taken over this town using your trusty fusion bike, an endless array of procedurally generated smart weaponry, and a gang of recruitable larger-than-life android characters. Is that, smart, is that smart weaponry or smut weaponry? It's smart, it's not bench dildos. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, electric, electricity cop. Do you think we should add a unique blend of action RPG and turn-based strategy? Five different character classes with fully fleshed-out skill trees. Local multiplayer co-op mode. Up to five friends can join the action as the androids in your gang. And an original soundtrack by eighties-inspired synthwave artist Psych Roadrash. I mean, all these games sound rad. I, I, that one I think might be real because loads of things describe themselves as like a unique blend of RPG and turn base. I don't know if uh, Kane with a Y is trying to throw us though. I'm, well, I, Cyber Utopia, I'm a bit suspicious of because it said like 80s English bedroom feel. And I, and I don't think the sort of person making cyberpunk games today that are that low rated on Steam has any concept of, of that. Mm. Is there another one to come? Oh yeah, there there's a lot. One more. Okay. Cyberpunk 3776. Do you got a soft spot for old school shoot-em-ups? Then look no further. Cyberpunk 3776 harkens back to the glory days of the arcade. It all begins on a post-apocalyptic earth 
and proceeds then into space. Your journey will be a metaphor about life and death, a road that every person must walk down alone. The only choices you get while on your path to the inevitable end, keep your head up high or forfeit your honor. This game features <laughs> a bold, unique, and dark atmosphere with seven original stages. Each of them includes a unique boss that will challenge your skills and require its own tactics. Interesting. So there you go. <laughs> That's me closing the info pod that they're <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. What well, if we need you to open it again to ask you questions? Oh, no, that, that's easier. I'll just open it again. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, I... Okay, so I think neon apotheosis is real. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm convinced... I'm convinced by just the featuring a unique blend of RPG elements in turn-based combat, whatever it was, just that's very... That's very indie game on Steam to me. What do you think, Matthew? Yeah, that sounds sounds right. The last one's suspicious because the focus on space, like Nate has already spoken on this episode, and I know that this is the Electricity Cop, a different character, um, but Nate has already spoken about a different character implying Nate is also a character. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Oh, hold on, I just got to arrest some felons. Okay. Done. Whoa. <laughs> That's totally preposterous. <laughs> That's just what Robocop famously says when he finishes murdering. <laughs> murdering perps. Can you turn it? Yeah, <laughs> it's quite loud. Why are we? Ha- it's like turning to sort of a cyber disco now, which. Yeah, let's go outside the disco. Okay, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying Neon Apotheosis is real, for sure. I'm saying that's. I'm saying Neon Apotheosis is nice. Are we nice. do this? Uh, okay. Well, oh, do you want to just pick the fake one? Because uh, we could go. Because uh, well, I'm really going Either way, you can either narrow it down or you can take your one shot. Okay. Well, I'm I'm saying neon apotheosis is real. I think, for me, it's between the milk of ultra ultraviolet ultraviolet and yeah. and cyberpunk 3776 the thing is steam is full of people trying to make things that sound like other things i don't yeah. know if it would be like, surely it would get shut down if it was that close to it though 
You'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. I... I... Because I think, well, I think Cyber around. Utopia... The, the description of Cyber Utopia is, was a bit suspicious, but... All right, so I, you, I think... Let's not uh, so, I'd rather take one shot. That's what. That's that's the real cyberpunk spirit is being brave. Okay, you want to take yeah. a shot? Okay, we should just right. aim a what, bullet at one of them and kill it off. What do you reckon then? Uh, I don't like the last one myself. The cyberpunk because of the space, the space. Yeah, it's the space and the name. Can you can you read that again for me, Electricity Cop? Yes, of course. Do you got a soft spot for old school shooter ups? Then look no further. Cyberpunk thirty seven seventy six harkens back to the glory days of the arcade. It all begins on a post apocalyptic Earth and proceeds then into space. Your okay, thank you. Yeah, no, I now I now agree with you, Matthew. <laughs> Do you do you got a shot? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you? I'm aiming my cyber pistol at this game. Oh, la, la. That was real. Oh, no, no way! <laughs> yeah. You want to know what the felon in this lineup was? Yeah, go yeah. for it. <laughs> it was Neon Apotheosis. Oh, no! the one that you were... I was so sure it was real. Well done, Electricity Was that, was that the one with Kane with a Y? Yeah. Oh yeah, I knew it. I should have stuck to my guns on that. <laughs> now get out of my cave. Quick, run, Matthew, run. run! Our music is the least. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what less cyberpunk is that sting or a robot saying done once it's done it's job <laughs> <laughs> right, oh. that's that done <laughs> if anyone wants to do fan art of the electricity cop saying done I think that would make our day make mine anyway yeah, no, just, so done, like you know kind of r- brushing his hands off I bet the electricity cop is like a member of the campaign for real. <laughs> He's such a knob. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> god. I've got a feeling he might return one day, you know. No. Yeah. Do you think we should add hashtag bench dildo to our lineup of <laughs> in jokes? Uh, I think it's very SEO friendly. We definitely should. Yeah. But I don't know if that... Do you think dildo should be bleeped out? Because you wouldn't uh, want... Basically... I, I, just, 
I know I said I was, it a lot. I was thinking I, that when I was saying it. I was like, is this well, too much? dildo itself is not a rude word, but our standard for what gets bleeped is would you want your child to say it? And I don't know if you'd want your child to run around saying dildo, so I'd, but, I, but I'm still saying it. Um, so mm. <laughs> just that's a problem for... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want it. This is a little bit behind uh, the curtain, uh, and don't everyone get their hopes up. But I think we are looking at finally refreshing the merch in the new year. Ooh. And so I did have to have an email conversation with some of the merch people, uh, where basically it was just like, right, so because they wanted to know what we could do if we were going to do merch for the podcast, and I'd. Uh, they were basically like, can you explain some of the in-jokes? And I was like, right. So, you know, Shergar, the <laughs> horse <laughs> was murdered and stolen by the IRA. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, thank you very much, listener, for listening to the Electronic Wireless Show, episode 120, the Cyberpunk special with the uh, final update to Conegate and the Magnificent uh, magnificent return of the electricity cop. Um, this uh, was a lovely podcast to record. Um, and all that remains now is for us to do our recommendations and then leave. Because every week we do do recommendations for things that aren't video games. Uh, Nate, are you going to recommend Timothy Oliphant? Or? I think I might have to, yeah. It's great to look at. Well, I mean... Uh, is there anything yeah let's let's do something constructive with that first um i'm gonna recommend edward if you've not seen because a lot of people chat about it and it's one of these shows i feel that is just it punches so far above its weight in terms of how many people are familiar with it it's uh it came out in the early 2000s it's uh there's three series of it it's set in the 1870s um, sort of the end of the Old West, really, and the, the last gold mining boomtown and Dakota, in the Dakotas, I can't remember, it's north or south. And it's, it's like Shakespeare. Um, you know, it's also really, really entertaining. I don't want to make it sound too highbrow because it is, at the end of the day, just a really gruesome show about, like, broken cowboys but it's got the best dialogue I've ever seen on a screen, full stop. Uh, and I, I think about it most days, um, you know, even in, in some small capacity, something will always remind me of Deadwood. It really is a monumental piece of television. So, yeah, if you've not watched it, now's probably the time. Classic cyberpunk. <laughs> Classic cyberpunk. Uh, is there anything for the fish tank this week? Yeah, actually. Um, for the RPS fish tank, oh, now I need to, I really do need to make that list of what we have and haven't recommended. But something nifty I've bought recently, which is an optional extra for your fish tank, you can get little uh, glass bowls with suction cups that you stick to the inside surface of your fish tank. You put a bit of soil in them and a few plants, and it's like a hanging garden for within your fish tank. So if you want a really clean, minimalist appearance, but you still want some plants, you can get one of these. And I think it's a really interesting way to do it, especially a small tank. I've got one at the moment for some tiny little crabs, which is essentially a bare glass cube, but it's got this incredibly lush, verdant foliage overspilling from this glass bowl. 
and it's uh, it's beautiful. I'll uh, I can't remember the brand name, but I'll get a link for the uh, show notes. Nice, lovely. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Matthew. What have you got? Um, I sort of did it as a semi recommendation a few weeks ago, but I've now finished the Three Body Problem, the uh, Chinese sci fi. Yeah. Epic. I thought it was absolutely amazing. Absolutely brilliant. Like, um, I haven't actually read masses of sci-fi, so you know, maybe I'm not the, the best person to opine on such things. But the um, no, uh, it's, sick. it's really good. Oh, it's great. It's, it's great. Like, just you know, really big ideas, but kind of seen through um, sort of human eyes. I love the sort of how it weaves in sort of Chinese revolutionary history. Um, it's also got just one of the most horrendous traps someone sets for someone else. Um, and I, I'm so glad they're making a film or TV show of this just because I want to see this horrible thing that happens towards the end. Um, it's, it's superb. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, I'm going to recommend... Uh, well, look, you mentioning the three... Uh, Three Body Problem has made me think of Sherlock Holmes because I am reading um, all the Sherlock Holmes uh, stories again because I've got a big, I've got a really nice uh, edition that's like got all the original strand illustrations in it. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but like, I people tend to forget how often uh, Arthur Conan Doyle just went back to the an animal did it well. Uh, <laughs> and I think over Christmas I might do a project where I I graph how many times it was just an animal that was either the murder weapon or the murderer um, <laughs> one uh, of the worst locked room mysteries of all time well it's a very famous one because it's one of the earliest ones basically hinges on how can someone possibly get into this room that's locked from every possible way and then it's like a murderous chimp came down the chimney yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like all oh, right so it's so it's so it's, so it's bull then <laughs> is that what did i go this- back in time Huh. Did I go back in time and write that 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 yeah. message? <laughs> yeah. There's that one. There's one that's basically the same, but it's like a snake. Uh, there's there's yeah. one that's sort of a cross between the two, where it's like 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 um, it's a like all for arms. What? No, no, it's <laughs> it's like um, oh, this what's happened to this uh, eminent professor? Um, he's been acting really strangely. What could it possibly be? And uh, and then the answer is like, well, he's got a really young girlfriend, and he wanted to be more virile, so he injected himself with monkey juice and then started <laughs> oh. like climbing, it, climbing around right the walls chaps. of his house. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's not like a, a a a thrilling, interesting mystery with clues. That's like. That's Kurt's rather kind of Doyle doing like the Island of Dr. Moreau fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what I'm going to recommend after that completely unrelated digression is actually an animal one that Nate might like, which is there's, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called like Ants Canada or something. Uh, It's a YouTube channel about this guy that just has a massive ant colony of fire ants. Um, And it's really, really kind of, I'm a subscriber. Oh, really? There you yeah. go. Mikey Which I do find. 
I find his videos a bit clickbaity sometimes because he's like, be sure to keep watching for an amazing thing. Um, and then you have to They've watch like really bad for that over the last couple of years. If you watch the old stuff, it's it's pure and perfect. Mm. Mm. Uh, but it's just this guy in, in Canada who's got this massive, massive colony of fire ants, um, and he's uh, re- most recently moved them into a huge, like, uh, avatar-style f- network of floating islands uh, over like some water with like fish in it which is okay because fire ants are the ones that can swim basically so it's not like he's willing them to drown um do you know he was once a a pop star in the philippines as well no way guy's got a fascinating life he's a really interesting man yeah but anyway it's quite kind of interesting uh first of all but also very soothing to just see all these ants being busy and you know running about in their little homes uh so i'm going to recommend the the ant youtube channel is it, Ant, is it Ants Canada? Ants Canada. So and the tagline really is Ant Love Forever. Uh, a friend did me a cross stitch of it, which is on my wall. It's just got an ant and Ant Love Forever written on it. There you go. So that's my recommendation this week. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, I am not sure yet of our schedule over the Christmas break, but we'll definitely be here next week at least. Uh, and uh, thank you very much for listening and joining us on our cyberpunk journey with some chrome guy. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, the electricity cop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was the Electronic Wireless Show. We are uh, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC game podcast and the only podcast you need, although there is now a second podcast for Rock Paper Shotgun uh, called the PC Game Week Spot, which also features some chrome guy and Colin Mahern, our video editor, as they discuss the new games and sort of current events of the week. Um, and that's on Tuesdays. Um, that should be appearing if you're subscribed into your feed as well. Uh, Rock Paper Shotgun is on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. You just search for Rock Paper Shotgun. Uh, we have the aforementioned merch store, which is teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Rock Paper Shotgun. Um, we have a Discord, uh, which has a dedicated channel to, for uh, Shergar's Heart Squad. And fans of the podcast. And uh, we also, of course, have a website, www.rockpapershotgun.com. So say a lovely cyber goodbye to the listeners, (laughs) some chrome guy. Goodbye. (laughs) Oh, very good. And say goodbye to the electricity cop. You are being apprehended for data crimes. (laughs) Get out of here before he says done. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>